We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about Buzzsprout. I know that if you're a podcast junkie like I am, you probably have thought about starting your own podcast before. I know that can be a little daunting, but if you have the right help, it's not that hard. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. We've been using Buzzsprout since day one and could not recommend it enough. So if you're interested and you have that itch to start a podcast, make sure and follow the link in our show notes and Buzzsprout will be able to help you and guide you along the way. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. I am your host, and before we get started, I do want to remind everyone, if if you could, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate all of that support. Now, let's get into it. Joining me today, uh, Alex Insdorf, our new co-host. Alex, how are you doing today? Good, good. Doing good today. Glad to be here. Awesome. We're happy to have you. And Jason is back. Well, I guess, you know, back on the show. His his move to Texas went well. Yep. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great. Just had a delightful dessert and dinner. <laughs> Not in that order, though. Dinner came first, always. Um, had some nice fajitas and then um, a beautiful, awful, engorging brownie banana mix which made me feel like death is around the corner. But it was all worth it. <laughs> I did it for the podcast, for the content. There you go. That's how you know it's a good dessert is when you really just feel like you're going to die afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're happy to have you guys back with us. Hopefully you had a good 4th of July weekend. Uh, I know each of us had, had a good time. And we're going to start with updating on the coronavirus situation the NFLPA has recommended to the NFL that they play zero games, which is something that we uh, talked about on our last episode, Alex and I. So, Alex, what do you make of the NFLPA recommending officially that the NFL has zero preseason? Uh, I mean, I think I guess I said this last time, but I felt like that was probably going to happen. Then it'll be like zero or one. Because the NFL, I think, wants two. The NFLPA wants uh, one. Or, or sorry, no. The NFLPA wants zero. The NFL wants two. So I think they'll probably meet in the middle and maybe go one, um, and try try to do that instead of like zero. Um, but yeah, I I think at this point it's pretty clear it'll be zero or one, probably not two. 
Yeah, I think I think I would be surprised at this point if they play two preseason games. Jason, what did you make of the NFL and NFLPA's recommendations for preseason in terms of the coronavirus? Um, you know, man, I just hope they go to zero, just for the heck of it. I and not for the reason that I don't like the preseason. I just want them to realize how important it is because I feel like it's kind of the popular thing to do as a fan of football to say oh we should not have any preseason they're pointless they're boring nobody wants to watch them they're very important for the building of a roster and for the setup of a team and to give people that would not normally have an opportunity the opportunity to become that way like Adam Thielen Austin Eckler say goodbye to those kind of players they would not be in the NFL today if they had no preseason I just think it's a mistake you'd be missing out on a lot of talent and I think it is a huge problem that people do not like the preseason it's one of the more it's probably one of the most important moments of the season like i'd say it's more important than the actual weeks one through four yeah i think if you're gonna adjust the preseason that's fine like doing two games instead of four i think is is totally fine but in general outside of the coronavirus sphere i think the nfl preseason is so valuable for for every single team like you're mentioning um it also came out that the nfl has decided or is thinking about deciding to limit and severely limit the attendance of media members to the games throughout the season, especially in the preseason, which is also funny because they're allowing hard knocks to record the Chargers practices and and the Rams, of course. So I'm like, the NFL really has to decide what kind of lines they're going to draw. Are they going to allow hard knocks to happen, but not allow the media members into the locker rooms and stuff like that? Like, it just doesn't really make sense to me the thought process of hard knocks is okay, but regular media members, they're not okay. Money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Money talks. Speaking of money talking, the Washington Redskins have been in the news the past couple weeks. And, you know, the, the first ball dropped when FedEx came out and said that they have asked the Redskins to change their nickname. And then Nike, of course, removed all of their merchandise off of their website. So the Washington Redskins have officially launched a review. They're going to decide if they want to change their name or not and when they're potentially going to be doing that. Uh, Jason, we'll start with you on this one. What did you make of the Redskins uh, being in this state of, you know, we don't know what our team name is going to be, but we're going to take it seriously and do this review. Just pick something other than the Redskins. Just why? I don't know, man. I just, it's not even that good of a name. It's really not. Like, you don't have to stick with it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get too into this side of it because, you know, everybody knows it's a stupid name. Uh, it probably shouldn't be that, especially in this day and age. Uh, I was, I guess my only take on it is I don't know how it didn't happen sooner, like a long time ago. But that's just that's my my thought on it. Like, I I've seen Red Hawks float around for a while now. I think that should have been their name ten years ago. Um, I'm surprised they've lasted this long. Like it's 2020. Like Redskins that shouldn't last this long. Like especially with how things have gone this year, it's it's just fitting. I feel like it's just fitting with the theme of 2020. Alex, any thoughts on the Redskins? Yeah, um, I was watching uh, PTI the other day with uh, Tony Kornheiser, and he used to be a reporter for the Washington Post, and he was basically writing columns along with other people like 30, 40 years ago about like, you know, hey, you know, we should probably change this. And (laughs) now it's like finally happening um, because some investors at FedEx and Nike and Pepsi were like, well, I guess we now should change it. But yeah, yeah. Snyder was basically a purist on this for a very long time, but it was clear that the moment FedEx and Nike, you know, were like, yeah, no, that he wasn't going to be a purist, you know. He's a purist, but he's also a billionaire, so he's <laughs> he's um, he's not going to, you know, stand his ground on that for too long. As far as the, uh, the name, I just think, like, yeah, I agree with Jason. This is something that probably should have happened a while ago. Uh, it didn't because there wasn't much pressure on like companies um so i mean yeah as far as like names that i think would be cool i think hogs would be a cool name 
that was from uh, John Bugle, who was their offensive line coach uh, and assistant coach for like 15 years in that organization. Um, and so he called the offensive line the Hogs, and that's where you see the uh, Washington. Uh, sometimes they have like that pig imagery, so I don't know. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, Red Tails has been a name that's been floated around on Twitter and stuff, so I think that would be cool. I just hope they don't go with something that's like Presidents or something like that, just because I think that that's such a boring name. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter what they're called, because uh, they could honestly rename themselves to be the Washington uh, Wentz's Bitches, but uh, you know, <laughs> at this point. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the Philadelphia native coming through. Yeah, I mean, it. I would encourage everyone listening to kind of do your own research. To me, this nickname should have been changed a long time ago. Like Alex and Jason said, I think this term is it's derogatory. It's offensive, and so it's not something that should be celebrated. I've seen that Ron Rivera wants to do something to honor the military, which is why they put that little uh, sentence in there in his statement. So... I guess, you know, the Red Tails is a good one. I've seen the Generals be thrown around as well. Um, the, generals would it... be, the Generals would be kind of cool because that's from the um, Globetrotters who own the Washington Generals. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, they could sell it to Snyder or something. So that would be kind of like a cool uh, transition. I'm about it. Yeah. I think that would be cool. And the thing about the NFL is you don't have to have something relevant to the area. Um, obviously, if you do, I think it makes it that much cooler. Like the Patriots is very relevant to to New England. Hear but... me out. The Generals, okay. their uniforms are camouflage. You be getting pick <laughs> sixes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback can't see you. If they think two hundred IQ plays here. All right, you got to think ahead in these things. Why yeah. has nobody done this? I'm sure someone has, but the Generals would be cool. I've, I've also seen that Snyder wants to keep the honoring the native american history relevant which i don't know how that's honoring but i don't think it's gonna work though because a lot of and i've seen this from a lot of like native american writers and such like that they don't even like the chiefs or the the braves or anything like they don't like it they just don't and like the what is it called the tomahawk chop is that what they call it that they do at arrowhead the chiefs do yeah they they don't like it they i don't I, i there was a whole article on it that i read a while ago and, um, you know, I, I read through it and I was just like, all right, whatever, but they, they just don't like it. And I mean, if they don't like it, then I guess don't do it. But I mean, yeah, from my understanding of it, because, you know, I, I go to, or I don't go to, I went to a school, the Utah Utes, you know, that is a native American tribe up in Utah. From my understanding of it, if it's a specific tribe and honoring that specific tribe, and the University of Utah does a fantastic job of working with them and helping them out and sponsoring them and, and kind of raising awareness to their issues. I think that is where it's like, okay, we're fine with this. You know, Florida State Seminoles, that's very similar. Is It's a tribe okay. instead of just a general, generic Indians, Chiefs, Braves type of situation. Okay, that makes sense then. I understand that. Um, so maybe it would be cool for Washington to change to like a local tribe name then. Yeah, I, I don't know specifically what tribes are, are over there. I think that would... Just pick one with a cool name. If Snyder's goal is to kind of make amends with the Native American community, then sure, absolutely. Do their research and, and you know do some good work in the community with the Native Americans. That I don't think Snyder there. has a goal to make amends with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe... Well, I think Snyder. I think Snyder has a goal to make amends with FedEx and Nike and Pepsi. That's true. <laughs> That's what I was just gonna say. At that point, I would just avoid all Native American <laughs> everything in general. I would just not do it anymore. Yeah, it just makes sense to me. Like if I was running that team, I'd just say, you know what, we're gonna start completely over. We'll do the generals, do a rebranding, mix up the uniform colors. Like I think they should just total clean slate and start totally over. I think that is probably the best way to go uh, for them, in my opinion. So also over the weekend, it did come out from Adam Schefter that David Njoku, the tight end from the Cleveland Browns, has formally requested a trade. Uh, The third year tight, well, now the fourth year tight end missed 12 games last season, but he showed a lot of good flashes as a rookie and as a second year player. 
He was also targeted 16 times by Tyra Taylor in his two and a half starts with the team. So uh, I'll start with you, Alex. What do you make of the Njoku trade request and specifically how it relates to maybe the Chargers reaching out? Well, I mean, I feel like the Njoku thing was coming because they uh, signed Austin Hooper to this huge contract and then uh, Harrison Bryant they drafted out of Florida Atlantic. Um, So that was probably coming for a while. As far as Chargers possibilities, like, I'm not against, I guess, trading a fourth or a fifth for him. Like, you know, if they really think that they want to boost up the second tight end. But honestly, one of the ideas that I've come to over the last couple days is, why don't we just sign Charles Clay? Um, he's a free yes. agent. Yeah, he, he <laughs> has this relationship with Tyrod Taylor. We've talked about uh, that part of it. He doesn't cost any draft capital, so you wouldn't need to give up anything for him. And, yeah, just keep going down that lane. He's a better blocker um, than Njoku is. And That's true. I also think he doesn't drop balls as much as Njoku does um I think Njoku has like potential but if we're talking you know the other thing is we also need a guy like if Hunter Henry does go down we need a guy who can like step in and be the number one tight end and do I feel more comfortable with Njoku stepping in or being the number one tight end or Charles Clay I would go Charles Clay every day because he has more experience so I mean I don't mind Njoku if they really want to go up like a fifth fourth round pick for him but I just think that there's Charles Clay and other veteran options on the market that just make more sense. Yeah, and I think that's kind of leading to what I was going to say, which is people are going to expect a big deal for Njoku, like a like a second or even a third-round pick. I don't see it, man. I see like a fourth, maybe a, like a fifth. I would say probably like a fifth-round pick for Njoku. I just don't think he's worth that much. I don't think he's that right. good of a player. Uh, he doesn't want to be there. He's requested the trade, which has already dropped his value. He should have done it a little more privately if he tried. And they said, no, you're, what is he, in his fourth year? Just wait. I don't, I don't see the big deal. It's um, I, I Just wait, man. And may, I, I get it. He wants to prove, like, hey, in this fourth year before I get my next contract, I would like to go to a team that gives me an opportunity to showcase my skills. It's not that skilled, so. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer in his physical talent. Right. I just think it hasn't been able to be developed yet. And for what it's worth, the Browns, you know, with their new coach who used to be in Minnesota, they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. So it's not like Njoku's not going to play. I think, you know, Austin Hooper probably takes the majority of the reps there, and then Njoku and Brian kind of rotate in in that second spot. So he's going to play. It's just not the normal tight end one role that he's going to be accustomed that he has grown to be accustomed to so it's an interesting thing for sure i just right now where it stands the charles clay thing is is interesting to me because hunter henry is likely to be injured at some point this year and are we going to trust lance kendricks virgil green donald parm like who's going to be the receiving threat because whoever is starting at quarterback tyrod taylor or justin herbert they both have shown a tendency to be reliant on the tight end spot. And so I don't know how comfortable I would be in that kind of situation. I think Lance Kendricks would probably be the receiving tight end in that kind of situation. We do have uh, Steven Anderson, who hasn't been talked a lot, or hasn't been talked about a lot, but he is on the team. Um, He was a backup uh, Texans tight end that they used with uh, Ryan Griffin and uh, CJ Fedorowicz back in the day. Yeah. Um, so he's around. I mean, he had some decent production in a couple, uh, I think, in one or two seasons. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree that if you're going to use Hunter Henry as the one and then Virgil as the blocker, basic, basically, um, they could probably use a second uh, tight end. Um, so yeah, but I'm not. I wouldn't totally be against like Steven Anderson, but I think the thing that hurts Parham and all those other guys is just the preseason training camp have been right. pretty nuked. So, I mean, I you know, basically the Chargers fandom around Parham is he's really tall, so let's, yeah. <laughs> let's just throw him the ball. Uh, but, yeah, I don't mind the situation as it is right now, but, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be against signing a Charles Clay or, you know, tossing a fifth for Njoku or something. 
Yeah, I definitely would want to see some kind of competition brought in. And, you know, I, I feel bad because Donald Parham is really intriguing. You know, he's 6'8", and he probably runs like a 4'5", four, 4'6". Four, so he's, you know, he's Ladarius Green 2.0, but he's not going to have the opportunity to really showcase that that physical talent as much as he will need to be. If they can keep him on the practice squad, I think that would be great. Um, you know, I'm intrigued by his talent, but, you know, a guy that that big and that fast, like he's gonna really succeed in an XFL type of situation or the CFL because he's the biggest matchup problem in the league. So I think his hype on Twitter is overdone, in my opinion. I, I know me personally, if they rolled him out there as a tight end too, I would be pretty uncomfortable with that. I want him. I want to see him actually prove things on the field before we just anoint him as the next. Char- the next great Chargers tight end, which, you know, I, I think there is a lot to be said of, I'm not comfortable with this tight end room outside of Hunter Henry. So I guess I'll just cap that off by saying, um, in terms of what the Chargers tight ends offer, there's not, and I know some people are going to get upset at this. There is not a single tight end in on the roster that I would trust blocking at all. And, I mean, I know Virgil Green is there, but he regressed in a big way halfway through last season. And Hunter Henry last year was an awful, awful blocker at some points. Like, I would say, like, there were a couple flashes where you're like, okay, he can block. But, man, this dude could not block last year. And I don't know if it's just because he put emphasis, emphasis on training as a receiver and just completely brush aside the blocking aspect of it. But when you go back and watch him on tape, it was just bad. And so I would like to find a good blocker this offseason, like one more guy that could come in and be a good blocker at tight end at the very least. Yeah, that's an interesting point because Virgil Green is getting older. He's also – this is his last year on the team. This is potentially Hunter Henry's last year on the team. So we might see a brand-new tight end room next year. We'll see, but – and they could switch Bobby Holly over to tight end and take over Virgil Green's role and then kind of have him rotate between H-back, tight end, and fullback, which I think is something that he showed on film that he's capable of doing. Oh, I just wanted to say a uh, quick add to that discussion that um, we were talking about Donald Parham making the practice squad or some of the other guys making the practice squad. There was a report, uh, I believe last month, that uh, from Mike Garofalo and some other people at NFL.com that they were talking about expanding the practice squad to 16. Uh, So that might be a good thing for Chargers undrafted free agents or guys like Parham, who they signed, uh, who might have a decent, uh, not a decent chance, but a better chance of making the team uh, than maybe they would have had without an expanded practice squad. Yeah, that definitely would help. I don't know if that is going to stand pat with the coronavirus situation because Adam Schefter said that uh, they're kind of weighing their options in terms of bringing only 75 players to camp instead of 90. So there's just still a lot up in the air in terms of the roster construction and how many guys are going to be able to be on the practice squad or not. But an expanded practice squad definitely helps Donald Parham and you know other guys like that. So we're going to shift to this. We're going to talk about the league as a whole. We're going to go division by division, and we're going to give teams or players that are either overrated or underrated. Uh, just kind of giving some general thoughts uh, of ours about the league as it, as it stands as a whole. Uh, we're going to start with the AFC East, of course, the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and New York Jets. So, Jason, uh, who in the AFC East do you think is overrated and who do you think is underrated? Overrated. And it, we're doing teams or players right now? Either one, whichever one you want overrated i'm gonna go with the newest one there in miami Tua tagovailoa i don't (laughs) see it i just don't (laughs) and when i think when i look at a a quarterback out of college and i'm thinking to myself does this guy have what it takes to carry a team like the dolphins need it um i can't see it out of tagovailoa i i can't see him carrying a team i i think he's gonna need the weapons and Devontae Parker has had one consistent season. Are are we sure he can help Tonga Vailoa get to that level? And they have a defensive coach. 
I just there's That's not true. a lot of things there that I see. Okay, Tonga Vailoa could work with this 100. percent And man, I'm just I don't see it with Tua to where I see he can elevate a team. I see him making the most of what he has for sure, absolutely. But if I've seen a lot of people say like the Dolphins can can make the biggest run against the the Patriots and the Bills and be that next team. I don't see it with Tonga Vailoa at all. Not with him. Um, maybe if they were to go get like Burrow, then perhaps. But, man, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't see it with him. And so maybe that's maybe that's just me carrying over my uh, Jordan Love QB1. I, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe it's carrying over. But, no, it's not. I just I don't see it with him. I really don't. No, you're definitely not alone. There's a lot of there's been a lot of skepticism about Tua, mainly about his ability to stay healthy. Uh, I will say it feels like from the outside looking in that they are planning to give him kind of a redshirt year because they haven't really given him a bunch of weapons. You know, granted they traded for Matt Breida, they signed Jordan Howard, so their running back room is a little better, I guess. I but guess. Yeah. it's it still kind of seems that they are kind of waiting and seeing and taking that wait and see approach with Tua. Um, I would be, I would expect Fitzpatrick to play at least half the season, honestly, as much as I, I love Tua. We all know this. He was my QB one, but you know, I understand the concerns about his injuries. I just, when it comes to quarterbacks and their draft potential, I'm a big believer in taking, you know, that upside into consideration more so than anything. Uh, Alex, an overrated team or player in the AFC East? Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll say the Bills are a bit overrated, um, okay, just because I think everyone has pegged them as like you know oh, they're going to take the division, uh, and the Patriots. Well, after signing Cam Newton and some of the other things they don't have, kind of like vaulted back into being like co-favorites with them. Um, but I just I don't see it with the Bills. I know they came kind of close last year. The Josh Allen thing I just don't think is going to work. I uh, like you, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think the Josh Allen thing is going to work. I know they got him Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is going to like kill him by week 4. Um <laughs> I just It's going to be a murder just... fest. It's going to be a mass <laughs> genocide. Yeah. Stefan Diggs is going to be pissed. Yeah, I Josh, you know, is you know, if you have a good defense and which the Bills do, they have a really great defense with Tredavious White and all those guys then, yeah, you can carry Josh Allen to, like, the wild card or, like, you know, maybe they find themselves in the four seed in the AFC or something. But I just don't think that... I just don't see them making a deep playoff run ever with Josh Allen, and I just don't... uh, I just don't see it really ever working. Yeah, I think Stephon Diggs is going to find out just how much he misses Kirk Cousins really early (laughs) on in the season. You know, whatever... Kirk Cousins, his gripes are he's an accurate passer and he knows where to put the ball at least. I think Josh Allen just is kind of like, oh, Stephon Diggs is over there somewhere. I'm just going to chuck it up and see what happens. So uh, that definitely is interesting. I'm also going to bring up the Dolphins here as an overrated or overhyped at least, you know, as much as I do like Tua. I think their offseason has been pretty uh, overstated. You know, It's been really meh. Like Eric Flowers is their, like, Besides Byron Jones, Eric Flowers was their best signing, and that's Eric Flowers was a bust until he moved to guard and switched teams. So, and you know Byron Jones, I've never been like that impressed with him, and they threw a boatload of money at Byron Jones after. Yeah, and Byron Jones is a guy that doesn't produce a whole lot. He's got less than ten career interceptions, I think. So, the Dolphins, I think, you know, one of my best friends is a Dolphins fan right now, and I think he is fall into the hype and I think if he's listening to this you know pump the brakes I think the Dolphins are going to really struggle uh in the next few years Agreed. as much as I want to see Tua succeed uh, so we'll quick, switch to oh, I just want to do a quick underrated uh because I'm gonna die on the hill I guess I'll go underrated Sam Darnold uh, no you're uninvited from the podcast <laughs> uh, I knew oh, Jason man. would get me eventually unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> you know what though Alex it's like I can't blame you for it because a lot of people still do have faith in him and not for a lack of reason either 
Um, well, that's the thing that frustrates me about Sam Darnold is like he he has this deep ball where it's like he does that well. It's just it's the easy stuff and the routine stuff that he just like doesn't nail a lot of the time. Um, aren't you a fan could... of a team that has a quarterback that does that way too often? What's the name of the quarterback I'm looking for here? Uh, Carson Wentz. Whoa, Carson. Wentz. I'm not responding to these allegations. We're currently. Sir, Your Honor, we're currently on the AFC East, not the NFC East. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I kind of see it for Sam Darnold in year three. I don't love Adam Gase, which is probably a big negative, but (laughs) um, I do think that he has some okay weapons. uh, The offensive line, mm, but, you know, if he has a full year, you know, not, you know, no mono again, hopefully. Uh, I think that then maybe he could do something. I do wish they kind of re-signed Robbie Anderson because I think they had a decent uh, pairing with him, uh, especially on deep routes. But uh, I I could see it in year three. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think people have kind of thrown him away too quickly, I guess. Yeah, as long as we keep Sam Darnold and Cortez Broughton separated, everything should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam Darnold, I think the talent is there. Yeah, I just think that he's been in such a poor situation that it's not been conducive to his personal success. So that'll be really interesting. I don't understand why they were like, oh, Robbie Anderson can leave and we're just going to sign Brashad Perryman and be cool with it. So they have not done a good enough job supporting him. Granted, they did draft Denzel Mims, uh, who threw major shade at Alex's beloved Philadelphia. I don't know if you I'm saw still that. pissed about that. <laughs> they took Jalen... Okay. Well, the NFC East is coming up, so we'll move on. All right, Alec, uh, Jason, your underrated AFC East person or team? Underrated? Yes, underrated. Cam Newton. It's gotta okay. be. And you know, I just at the very least, you are pairing up a very smart player with a very smart head coach, and it's gonna work in some capacity. So I'm calling it underrated because people do not appreciate how smart quarter of a quarterback cam newton is and right. you know that's what new england has built itself on is be smart with the football uh go up to the line of scrimmage and control things with tom brady and bill belichick and you're just gonna get somewhat of the same thing with cam newton and i'm, I'm super excited for him to get the opportunity to just show that he's not just an athlete out there he's a really smart player and he's going to get the opportunity to show that. And everybody's going to be like, oh, where did this come from? It's been there the whole time. We've seen stuff like it all the time. So I'm going to go with Cam Newton here with the New England Patriots. I think they're still going to run the East. I think it's still going to be the team to beat. And, you know, especially with that defense, it's just I don't see it being easy. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I can't see, especially with Cam Newton, I can't see anyone else really winning the division. I could maybe see the Bills making it interesting. But I still think the Patriots are the favorite there. And my underrated player is actually going to be James White. Uh, James White has done nothing but produce since he's been in the NFL. I think as a passing down back, I think he's one of the better ones in the league. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. And he's done nothing nothing but make clutch plays in the playoffs too. And you know we all remember what he did as a player in the comeback against the Falcons and, and kind of vaulted him into Patriots lore. And I think he is drastically underrated by the league as a whole. I think he's one of the better receiving backs in the league. So we'll move on to the AFC North. Uh, I'm going to start this one off with the Browns. Uh, I don't know if it's just my personal bias of saying I have been grown to never trust the Cleveland Browns, but I don't trust the Cleveland Browns mostly because I think Baker Mayfield is still after a bad year. I think he still is overrated. You know, I've never been a believer in his, talent I think he's more of just like a scrappy quarterback and you know, he happened to play for Lincoln Riley who's arguably the best offensive coach in the entire country in terms of college football so I'm not a big believer in Baker Mayfield I don't know if either of you are but I just don't see the Browns really making that jump as you know so many people around the the league in terms of media are pegging the Browns again as potential dark horses and you know, we went through this last year when they had one of the higher odds to make the Super Bowl, and it didn't happen in large part because of Baker Mayfield. So, Jason, your overrated AFC North team or player? Uh, a moment before that, um, I feel like you're not 
giving Baker Mayfield enough enough credit. He he threw the most touchdown passes, Stephen, as a rookie. Come on, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and then he took a and then he took a nosedive into the opposite direction and got chubby. So we see that in sophomore seasons, though. Like even from Keenan Allen, we saw it where they took their natural talent for granted and then you know kind of eased off and then put their foot back on the pedal. So. Um, two straight injured seasons for Baker Mayfield going that trend. So, and then he'll be good and consistent for the next four years after that. So we'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield. Um, my overrated AFC North Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know if it's because big Ben came back, but that's really all that happened where you can say the Steelers are back on track. I didn't think they had the best draft. I thought it was okay. Um, you know, maybe even pretty decent. I just, people think Big Ben is healthy, and now all of a sudden they're back in it and back in being the top team in the AFC North. Big Ben wasn't looking so hot prior to getting no. hurt, was he? Um, no. He was starting to get more and more games where it looked like Phillip Rivers out there, where he was throwing a lot of interceptions, right? Where he's having those multi-pick games. And, you know, Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers are both gone now. So you got to think, like, does Big Ben coming back really help the Steelers that much to where people think they're going to contest with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? I don't see it. Um, I I could maybe see them being a second-place team, maybe. But with the Browns and then the Bengals are set up nicely if everything goes according to plan with, you know, I think it's Jonah Williams, the left tackle is returning from injury. And then you got AJ green returning from injury. And then they just drafted Joe Burrow. Like I don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers making a lot of noise in the AFC North, but I'm constantly hearing they have a top five defense and their big Ben is back. So they're going to be a top five offense. It's I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. If there's a team that I thought should have made a run at signing Cam Newton or even Jameis Winston, it's the Steelers because you know, we don't know if Big Ben is going to be truly healthy coming off of that elbow surgery, which was which cost him basically the whole year. So, I'm with you there. I think the Steelers are probably sitting at seven and nine, eight and eight again, just because their defense is nasty, and you know Mike Tomlin is a good enough coach to to get them to 500. So, uh, Alex, you're overrated AFC North. Uh, I'm going to also have to go Steelers. Probably okay. also Big Ben. Uh, specifically probably Big Ben, just because he had such a bad injury last year. It, you right. know, they It was like kind of Tommy John at this point. You know, it wasn't like officially that, but um, I just can't see him being able to come back. At, he's, he's 37, 38. Actually, no, I think he's older than Rivers and Eli. Um, I think he's like 39 or something. I, I just don't see him being able to come back and play on that level that he was at before um his last game was like wasn't it that like 33 to 3 loss to the patriots like i i don't know i just don't see him being able to maintain the same production and then if he goes down it's back to the whole mason rudolph duck hodges game and that is a disaster and so there, there were many times i actually wanted to watch the steelers last year and then i realized oh wait mason rudolph is starting i'm not gonna <laughs> watch this i'm watching something else um <laughs> but yeah um so yeah i just the steelers i think they're hanging on this like this hope that big ben is a thing again uh and you know he'll you know rebound and be like a you know, a, a Brady Breeze type guy in old age, but I just don't see it at all. Yeah, he's never been that kind of guy where he's going to slice and dice you. He's always been, uh, I'm going to chug it deep as many times as I possibly can kind mm-hmm. of quarterback. And so I don't really see how that's working. And I can't believe really that they are going into a season again with like, oh, we're good with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Like how, why did you not sign even like, a Geno Smith or something is better than Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges. But, you know, that's whatever. I guess Big Ben is sensitive about having a backup who's good, I guess. I don't really know. Anyways, uh, I'll I'll start with my underrated. And I'm going to start with Tyler Boyd, the receiver from the Bengals, I think, is criminally underrated. Uh, he's been 
mostly pegged as a Robin to AJ Green's Batman, but I think he is one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. I think he's a great route runner. He's got good hands. He's got good size. And I think he's going to have a big year with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow loves his slot guys. And I think Tyler Boyd is going to really just have a fantastic year and, and head into this really nice relationship with him and Joe Burrow for the next, you know, five to 10 years. Uh, Alex, your underrated AFC North team or player. I'm actually going to say that AJ Green might be underrated just because he has been injured, you know, in all these years. And like, I like it. People don't mention him as like a top five receiver anymore just because he's kind of fallen out of the rotation with all the injuries. But like, if he's healthy, like, and now he has Joe Burrow instead of Andy Dalton or, you know, whoever else they had, AJ McCarron and all those guys. Um, now that they have Joe Burrow and uh, Joe Burrow and AJ Green, I think AJ Green could really benefit from that. Um, yeah, so I think I'll go AJ Green as my underrated, even though that might seem somewhat counterintuitive. No, I like it. Uh, Jason, your underrated AFC North team or player? Yeah, I'm gonna kind of go along the same lines and say the Bengals. I I actually really like their draft. They had a lot of their draft was great. They found a lot of sleepers late. A lot of like good depth signings as well, and then they have a lot of guys returning to health. I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier with AJ Green and Jonah Williams, and they acquired Joe Burrow. That's a good trio right there to get back in action. Um, three important positions at receiver, left tackle, and quarterback. Uh, so I trust what the Bengals have done here. It's for me, it's just about head coach. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. It didn't look good last year. Um, yeah. But I am excited to see the Bengals Andy Dalton list. I want to see how much different it is. I want to see what what the culture change is going to be. Was it really Andy Dalton that was holding the team back, or were they just bad drafters, or whatever the case may be? I think they're an underrated team heading into the season. And you hear a lot about the Browns and Steelers as the number two team. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Bengals as the number two team. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think their defense is solid enough, and especially you know drafting – uh, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither, who you know Jason and I both really liked going into the draft, and Joe Burrow's in a really good situation there. You know he's got AJ Green, he's got Tyler Boyd, he's got T Higgins, uh, he's got John Ross to take the top off of defenses, and then he's got Joe Mixon, who's one of the better running backs in the league, and Gio Bernard, who's a, a solid receiving down back. So if that offensive line with Jonah Williams can be better, I think the Bengals are in a, in a good situation. Uh, so let's transition to the AFC South. Uh, Alex, your overrated uh, person or team from the AFC South. I want to start by saying it hurts me to do this, um, but it's going to be Philip Rivers and the Colts. Ooh, um, Alex is ooh. back on my good side. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roller coaster um, today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen. I love Philip Rivers as much as any other Chargers fan. You know, I, I hope for the best for him. But the last two years, specifically the last year, he just didn't look good. And I know people are going to be like, well, it was the offensive line, and partially. But there were just some decisions he was making where it was like, you know, I'm going to throw the ball to Mike Williams in <laughs> triple coverage or whatever. And, I, you know, it just didn't really... The decision-making was off, and, and that's in addition to the fact that his arm has been pretty dead for a while. Um, so I just don't see it with Indy. Um, maybe they're biding their time till like the next draft or something and, or maybe they just don't want to start reset. But, uh, I just don't feel the whole Phillip Rivers thing, even though I, I do think he is an interesting group with, uh, Pittman and Hilton. Um, then they got the guy from oh Jonathan Taylor, so they have interesting pieces there. I just don't know if the offensive line is going to be enough to bring Philip Rivers back to what he was. I, I think it's a pretty permanent state of decline, I guess. Jason, any thoughts? I agree. No, I'll probably leave it at that. I tweeted it the other day, and a lot of people didn't like it, but I agree. I think the Colts and Philip Rivers are going to be the overrated in the AFC South. So. I guess this is just kind of, who do we see winning the South? I think the Titans are the best team. I think they have the best roster. Uh, do you guys agree with that? Or do you think that Texans and Deshaun Watson are still 
you know, the, the leading dogs to win the division. That's tough. And I feel like I want to go with the Texans just because it's the best quarterback. And you're talking about best quarterback versus best uh, versus best roster. I would say that the Chargers had a better roster than the Chiefs, but they had the best quarterback, and they right. own it. They own the AFC West right now. So that's tough for me. The AFC South is weird, dude. I can't I can't answer that very well. Yeah, I feel like we try to predict the AFC South every year, and then like something crazy happens where like, <laughs> you know, back in uh, 2017, you know, Jacksonville makes their like run and uh, all that. But I don't know. I I'll lean towards the Titans, um, just because I I like what they've been doing. I think that they have they still have the offensive line in place. They have uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm curious to see what Ryan Tannehill does with a full year uh, in Tennessee instead of just being uh, the guy who was traded there. So I I think I said that on last podcast, but yeah, I'm curious to see what um, a full year of him is like and if he kind of becomes less of a game manager maybe. And You know, that's another team. uh, We were talking about why didn't the Steelers sign somebody. Ryan Tannehill's like torn his ACL a couple times. So I don't know why Tennessee hasn't signed anybody. I I actually had to look up who their quarterback was the other day, and I could not tell you right now who the Rams or the Titans' backup quarterback is. Like, you know, people talk about Kaepernick. Like, that's a perfect situation for Kaepernick. Just make him the backup of the Titans. I I don't know why it hasn't happened. But, um, yeah. I'll go Titans have the best roster Texans probably have the best quarterback, and it'll be a battle of those two plus maybe the Colts throughout the year. So I guess I didn't really answer the question at all, but <laughs> I guess I'll go <laughs> Titans maybe. There you go. It's all good. You got there eventually. So overrated. Uh, I don't understand how Bill O'Brien still has so much love and respect around the league. I think fans. It's because he's are... a legitimately good coach. He's just not a good GM under any circumstance. Okay, that is a fair distinction. That is very true i think his gm skills are awful um you know their receiving group is really they're all the same player like they have will Ferrell, will fuller brandon cooks um they drafted i forget his name right now the rhode island kid that we both really liked coulter um isaiah coulter thank you so they What's have up, a kenny bunch stills of too. and kenny stills thank you so they have all these guys who are basically just the same player and i don't you know deshaun watson just deserves so much better than what Bill O'Brien has given him. Uh, any underrated players or teams that you guys want to bring up right now? Didn't, I know, this is a little bit off topic, didn't the Texans sign Randall Cobb, right? Yes, they signed Randall Cobb, and then they have four other short, speedy guys. Interesting receiving group. Maybe they're doing something a little gadgety there with Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Um, so we're going underrated now is what you said? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, shoot. Alex, you go first. I'm still thinking, so Steven, go first. Dang it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. I'll go with Isaiah Coulter then. There you go. I think I think Isaiah Coulter is going to end up being maybe the top dog in that receiving room. Uh, I don't think Fuller can be a wide receiver one. First off, he has durability issues. Second off, he was kind of that deep threat to open up the field for DeAndre Hopkins. He hasn't really shined as a wide receiver one. And I know people bring up the, you know, the touchdown to interception ratio that Sean Watson has with him or the, the deep ball. And it's like, sure, it's fun, but I don't know if it's sustainable. And I think Isaiah Coulter is that wide receiver one that will pop up in a similar style to like Keenan Allen or um, like a Kenny Galladay where it's just, he pops up out of nowhere and it's a really consistent, solid receiver. And Coulter is going to be a guy that Deshaun Watson really relies on and likes because I think Coulter is going to be the best receiver, like the best route runner in that room. So, I mean, we'll see, but I'm going to go with Isaiah Coulter here as underrated. I like it. I like Isaiah Coulter a lot. So, with my underrated guy, I'm going to go with Janu Smith, the tight end for the Titans. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has a strong history of throwing to the tight end position, and I think Janu Smith is the perfect breakout tight end. So, if you play fantasy football, Draft Jonu Smith, wait until the eighth round and snag him. I think that's going to be a steal of the fantasy football world. And in real life, you know, he's a physical freak. He's, and he dominated a lot of the games that uh, that he was playing in after Delaney Walker got hurt. Delaney Walker's no longer on the team. 
Johnny Smith is now going to be their tight end one, and I think he's going to have a huge season for the Titans. Uh, Alex, any underrated players for you? Uh, I don't know if he's underrated anymore because I guess he did have the good fantasy year last year, but I'll, just because people sell the Jags offense, I'll go DJ Chark. Uh, I think he could have another good year again because, you know, I mean, the Jags are bad, but they do still have Minshew, who's, you know, kind of interesting. So, you know, I think... He's fun at the very I least. Could, He'll keep a fan base yeah, interested. for sure. Um, and that's why I think I could see Chark having another great fantasy kind of year. Totally. Yeah, so I, I'll I'll go DJ Chark. I like I like I had DJ Chark on my fantasy team last year, and he was fantastic. So we're gonna shift into the AFC West now. Obviously, that is where the Chargers play, and you know this is a very interesting division. I think it is has been getting a lot of hype for one of the more well-rounded divisions in the league which we'll see how that pans out. And I think there's a lot of question marks on each team. But Alex, your overrated player or team from the AFC West? Uh, overrated. Mm, I'll go Broncos, Drew Locke, um, just because I feel like that's kind of the team that everyone has dictated is like the second to the Chiefs already. And I'm not totally sure I see that because I just think the Chargers, uh, they have a better roster in my opinion, you know, we can debate whether Tyrod or Herbert is going to be better than uh, Locke. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I sold their move. I sold their move of Melvin Gordon. Uh, I didn't really like that. I think I said that on a podcast, uh, maybe at the Bullpeak Roundtable. Um, I just wasn't a fan of that move. I did like their draft. Judy, I still have some question marks about him. Uh, I like him, but I don't know if he was the total right fit for what they need. Uh, I did like um, Hamler, though. I think he'll be um, interesting in that offense. But just like, um, I think the offense is good. The defense, I still don't know, because their situation at cornerback is interesting, because uh, now they don't have Chris Harris anymore. So I'm curious to see what their defense is going to be apart from the defensive line that secondary and also linebacker group um so yeah i guess i'll go broncos defense maybe a little bit overrated and the broncos as a whole maybe a bit overrated that's fair uh i'm with you on the defense i think the defensive line is going to be really nasty again uh you know justin simmons their safety is really good but outside of that their their linebacking core and the secondary has uh, a lot of question marks for sure uh, Jason, any thoughts on what Alex said and your overrated team or player? Yeah, I pretty much agree with what Alex said, the Broncos defense. But for my overrated, I'm going Chiefs quarterback. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> um, I'm still Raiders. And I'm going to say the Raiders because I don't want to piss off Chargers fans because there is something I would say, but I'm not going to say because I love everybody. And um, – I'm just going to say the Raiders, man. I I like Henry Ruggs. I'm not confident Derek Carr will get him the ball. I'm just not. I don't. I can't see Derek Carr get that deep ball. I can't see it. And sure, they got some fast players. Sure, they got some fun players. They didn't get any players that fit. And we've talked about this before. They really went out and just got a bunch of players that, like, they didn't. We, what's their identity? Like, nobody knows. Like, they went and got a fast right. player, and then they'd go get a blue-collar player. And then they'd go get a fast player, and then they'd get another blue-collar guy. And you're just like, okay, which is it? Are you a blue-collar team that wants to run the ball, or are you going to try to take deep shots with Derek Carr? Because I guarantee you that is not going to work either way. And your backup quarterback is Marcus Mariota, so that's not going to happen either. You do not have a quarterback <laughs> on your roster that can get the ball to Henry Ruggs 60 yards down the field. It's just not happening. Like, Carr can, but he won't. And he hasn't shown that he will in a minute. So I the Raiders still feel overrated to me. I don't see it with them as long as they keep this Derek Carr thing going. I just and I like Derek Carr. I just don't think it's nah. Yeah, I, I like Derek Carr a little bit. I think he is a little underrated. I'm not gonna mention him as my underrated person, but I think Chargers fans love to bash on him and rightfully so, you know, that he plays for the Raiders, but 
Uh, I was going to mention John Gruden as my overrated. I, like you mentioned, I don't think that the Raiders have an identity, and a lot of that stems from John Gruden being in this situation where he has a 10-year contract, which is now eight years, and so he basically can just kind of do whatever he wants. And it's like, oh, this guy's interesting. I like him. Oh, that guy's blue collar. I like him. And it just kind of, there's this big ebb and flow of like, we have no idea who we are. Um, I was also going to think about mentioning Frank Clark as my overrated player. I think he really benefited from playing alongside Chris Jones and never having to face a double team. And I don't know. He just feels like, he feels like what Uchenna Unwosu is, but in the starting level role, because he really is just a splash play player for me where I don't know what he's going to give me on a consistent basis, but maybe he gets a strip sack every game. I don't know, but he just feels really inconsistent to me. And, and for whatever reason, he's now this amazing defensive end, which I don't agree with at all. Uh, so we'll shift to underrated players now. Uh, Jason, we'll start with you underrated player or team of the AFC West. Okay. So underrated player or team in the AFC West, you know, the chargers homer in me wants to say to Rod Taylor really bad. <laughs> um, but on the off chats that Jason Reed listens to this, I'm not going to say, that. <laughs> um, I will go with, and maybe it's a little bit of an oddball one and maybe a couple people won't like it. I'm going to say one Thornhill for the Chiefs. Okay. Who I just really respect as a player. I think he's a great football player. I think he's very instinctive. I really wanted him on the Chargers. He's a really good fit for what the Chargers would like to do. But, man, as a rookie, he looked legit out there. And I'm scared to see what he could do as a second-year player. Uh, and, you know, very instinctive player, as I mentioned. And with the Chargers and the Sarad Taylor, Justin Herbert duo, that's it's going to be hard to test one Thornhill or to run Matthew, uh, Tyron Matthew. Dang it, Sarad Taylor. You got me messed up on the tie. <laughs> t- whatever. Um, the Matthew, honey Badger. Yeah, Honey Badger and Thornhill is a tough duo, especially when the Chargers right. have a little bit of instability at tight end. So it gives me a little bit of pause there, and I also think Juan Thornhill, he's just a really good player, very underrated. He doesn't get enough love, as he should, to the point that a lot of Chiefs fans thought they should draft a safety last year. It's just like, I don't see it. Juan Thornhill is a great player. Um, and, you know, that's that's me trying to avoid going just with a Chargers player as well and being a little too – going giving an easy answer and saying, Nasir Adderley or <laughs> whatever. But, so I'll go with Juan Thornhill here. I like it. I like it. Alex, your thoughts? Uh, I respect you, Jason, but I'm going to say screw it, and I'm going to go Tyrod Taylor. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes! Yeah, I, I, I don't get what people's issue with Tyrod Taylor is. I mean, I know the Browns thing didn't end it's well. Tyrod Taylor. Is it Tyrod Taylor? Have I ever pronouncing it I wrong? I it's Tyrod Taylor. Oh, no. Is his dad going to kill me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I think he's a solid quarterback. He can be a decent game manager, um, has good mobility, um, can really just kind of do some things that Philip Rivers can. You know, Philip Rivers was totally restricted to the pocket uh, at most times. He can do everything Philip Rivers can. <laughs> yeah, that is the that's the appealing thing about him. <laughs> I mean, he can he can do everything Philip Rivers can, like uh, Jason just said. I um I I just see him kind of being better than a lot of people think he will. I could see him having a nice relationship with uh, Keenan Allen. Um, Hunter Henry could be a decent target. Maybe they sign Charles Clay. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see him just having nice relationships with the Chargers uh, receiver group. Now, I don't know when they want to put Herbert in or what the plan is on that exactly. Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I think it's probably going to be a long wait for him. I know some people think Herbert will get in in, like, the back half of the season. But that also depends on, like, how the Chargers are doing. But, so, uh, yeah, I'll go Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. Uh, I'll go Tyrod Taylor. Just because uh, I think he's solid, has some mobility, um, has posted some pretty good uh, quarterback rating seasons. Um, and I know... You know, the Cleveland thing didn't go well, but this is easily the most talented uh, offensive roster and also probably the best defensive roster he's played on, um, just in terms of an all-around team. 
So yeah, I'll I'll go uh, Terod Taylor. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll start the whole season just because of the whole Herbert thing, and I don't know when the coaching staff wants him in. But I I think people are selling Terod uh, a little bit short, um, just in terms of the fact that he's uh, a really solid quarterback. Well, jokes on you, Alex. I'm telling your boss. <laughs> okay. Oh, my my boss knows. <laughs> yeah, that. The slack battle between Alex and Jason Reed has been really fun to watch. <laughs> I, I agree with you, though. I think Tarot is definitely underrated. I think so many people are expecting, like, Tarot to have this huge season. And maybe he might. I don't know. But the Chargers can make do with Tarot Taylor because the roster around him is so good. And like you guys both mentioned, you know, there is a lot of fun things that the offense can do with him at quarterback instead of uh, having a statue back there at quarterback. As much as I love Philip Rivers, you know, Taylor gives him the opportunity to to launch into the modern era of football and have this mobile quarterback and and do some good things uh, on that end. Uh, so for my underrated player, I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay, the Broncos running back. Good, there um, we go. I think them signing Melvin Gordon was a big mistake. I understand wanting to have a guy who can compliment. This just Phil in: Lindsay. signing bad running backs is a mistake. <laughs> Stephen. <Hatton. laughs> Hashtag analysis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I understand wanting to get a, like a goal line physical guy to compliment Lindsay, but I don't understand wanting to sign a guy like Melvin Gordon, who they are planning on starting over Philip Lindsay, apparently, which I don't really understand. Why? At all. Uh, I have no idea, but as maybe a durability. Chargers fan, maybe, but I've just been like terrified every time the Chargers play Philip Lindsay, because he is a big play home run guy waiting to happen. And, I think him and Austin Eckler are one of the are two of the more underrated backs in the league, and I think Philip Lindsay is a guy that you could build around and make him a featured guy where you're giving him 15 to 18 touches a game, and the Broncos are not going to do that, which I think is just criminal. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why a team like that would sign Melvin Gordon. And I thought it was very fitting that Melvin Gordon responded to a tweet from a Broncos beat writer saying that they shouldn't have signed him. And, of course, Melvin Gordon had to respond because Melvin Gordon is the king of petty tweets. What do you say? The beat writer was saying that they should have used the money to sign another corner or a strong safety to compliment Justin Simmons or a left tackle to compete with but Garrett Bowles. Steven, running back is the second hardest position to play in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the hardest position to stay in the NFL, but you know, running backs are. I I have a lot of friends who are Broncos fans. You know, in Utah, the Broncos are like the most popular team because it's the closest team. And all of them ask me like, "Hey, are you excited that Melvin Gordon gets to play the Chargers?" And I'm like, "You should not be excited for this signing. Melvin Gordon is a punk, and he's going to make you angry several times throughout the year." Melvin Gordon is like Steven's (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Steven used to love Melvin Gordon. And now Steven's just like, what a punk. I hate this guy. (laughs) Get out of my life, Melvin Gordon. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. I almost bought a Melvin Gordon jersey. I don't know what it is about running backs, but when there's a good running back, obviously because of LT, whenever there's a good running back, I'm just like, I love this guy. But then Melvin Gordon just... You know, you come to realize that he's just not that good. And then he also pops off about the fan base and about not getting paid enough. And then he holds out and then he ruins 2019. And then, you know, I'm just not a fan. And so all these friends of mine who are Broncos fans are like, well, what do you think about this signing? I'm like, well, it was a huge mistake. Because I love Philip it. Lindsay, <laughs> Philip Lindsay should be the key back there. So as a Chargers fan, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm cool with it because Philip Lindsay is going to get like four carries a game now. But, you know. That's my rant about Melvin Gordon, and I'm glad that Philip Lindsay is not going to be torching the Chargers every single year because Melvin Gordon is going to be fumbling three times at the goal line. Next week's <laughs> podcast, Stephen, <laughs> Alex, and Jason roast Melvin Gordon for one hour. <laughs> we could do it, honestly. Could. He'd probably respond. He probably would, and that would give us some good clicks, so I'm cool with it. Anyway, so that will do it. Uh, we're actually going to do the NFC on our next episode. I know I said we we're going to do the whole league, but you know we ended up talking a lot longer than we thought we would about the AFC. So uh, we will keep the NFC next time. Guys, any other thoughts before we head out of here today? So, I mean, 
we got Alex here this July. We we meant for him to come in August, right? If I'm not mistaken, we planned for him to start stepping in July, and then August would be full go. Um, and I I must say, after today, it was a su- success. He he gave more good takes than bad takes. <laughs> kind of stumbled there in the middle for a minute with the Sam Darnold thing, but we'll ignore it. Um, Josh Allen and that whole hate was that, that was a good start um but we we've kind of transitioned we've come a long way from having me you and tyler when i'm talking to you steven at the moment um and now we've kind of transitioned to this and it's going to transition even further um i'm not going to say why just because twitter is a political firestorm and i don't know what kind of reaction that's going to get and t- so I'm not going to yet. Maybe I'll get there and maybe I'll just leave and disappear. Who knows? But Alex in August is going to be, well, Alex is essentially replacing me for a little bit because Alex is better than me. No. And that's that's how we roll around here. We we bring in people that are better. Um, and, you know, we've, we've t- Alex has been pretty close to us for a while now. And, you know, Stephen and I and Tyler also would always have a conversation about bringing him on. So we're excited to have him and it's really easy talking with you, Alex on here. It's very easy incorporating you into these conversations and you have a, it's almost like you're, you're very relatable to, to the kind of jokes we pull off and like just the chemistry we have. So it was good to see that that didn't bounce around too much. It was, um, it was nice and smooth. It was like butter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, just my thoughts on it was, I, I like, I enjoyed this episode and, I'm I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss Chargers Nation. Well, you'll be back sooner than later. Don't worry. I will. Uh, but yeah, it's been fun having Alex join the show, and we're looking forward to to the, the direction that this podcast is going in. We understand that times are a little tough right now, so hopefully, uh, people are tuning in and kind of you know escaping from the Twitter cesspool that is going on lately. So we're happy to to do so. Doing this podcast has been a lot of fun for me personally, and. And happy to have Alex joining us now. Alex, any other thoughts before we wrap up today? Uh, no, that's, uh, that's about it for me. I like it. It was getting too sentimental. Screw you, Alex. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was funny. So uh, that'll do it for today. Make sure you follow us on social media, uh, GCA Podcast 17 And you can follow Alex and Jason on social media as well. Make sure, like I mentioned, to leave us a rating or review. And make sure you stay tuned for next time. That'll do it for today. We'll see you next time. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.